Hi everyone and welcome to Culture Tasters, your weekly sample of today's creative industries. Each of our episodes is focused on a specific industry like film, visual arts, fashion, music, culinary, and even performing arts. My name is Raquel Serabrenig, joined by my co-host Alfredo Achar. We will be guiding you through changes and shifts that are affecting these industries and interview the stakeholders and key players making those changes happen. On today's episode, we will be talking with Adam Van Dyke about the entertainment industry, the excessive content being released on streaming platforms like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO, and Disney Plus, the future of theaters as these companies are now planning to own their own theaters. We will also be talking about the future of original content, if that is even a thing, as more and more reboots, sequels, remakes, and prequels take over. Adam, we're so happy and excited to have you here. Do you want to first start by telling whoever's listening a little bit about yourself and what do you do? My name is Adam Van Dyke. I am a horror, f horror film writer and director specifically, but I work full-time as a set PA or a commercial low-budget indie first AD here in Los Angeles. I've been working full-time for the last three and a half years since college and then just making my own content on the side. So very busy, but that's what I do. My main focus and what I do best is horror. That's what I watch most of the time. Yes. What's, what's, I, I your, what's your favorite movie? It's like, they like, because every, every year, I mean, like, I mean, you living in LA, you know, there's places like Cinephile and like video rental shops that, you know, exist here and there. And then yeah. I keep finding myself finding new ones all the time. But my favorite movie of all times that like made me obsessed with horror was the first Saw film I saw in like second grade. And I just, I, yeah, like I've been obsessed. And I just <laughs> like that ending when he says game over, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and ever since then, I mean, that I had never seen a film up until that point, at least that little, that had such a weird twist. And I became a, just obsessed. So you're into like, like gory. I'm, I'm, into, I'm into all of it. I love gore. I don't think gore is your only option to tell a good story, but I yeah. think gore is a visual, beautiful element. Actually, it's, it's interesting uh, because I feel like horror is one of the few genres that are actually like innovating and, and bringing something new. Like, and that's been like that throughout history. Like it's always doing it. Yeah. And, and they're not doing that many sequels or well, some like it. And right. Yeah. Like, but they're actually like doing something new. Like, even if it's psychological horror, like with Get Out and with the lighthouse and the witch and all the absolutely i mean like the big ones you're naming get out you know with like jordan pills ones which being incredible the lighthouse i mean even the big budget ones are really good i mean a24 kind of stepped in and like took off with some really good ones yeah and outside of the big budget ones the indie market the underground filmmakers in horror are the ones that are constantly innovating new crazy ideas and nobody gets them any spotlight but those are like the best films to watch right now Yeah. I would even say we watched a movie last night. It's called Psycho Gorman. It's one of the mm. best films I've seen in a long time because it's Power Rangers meets rated R gore. It's, it's incredible. And you don't get to see that anywhere else. To me, horror is Adam. And Adam is horror. It wasn't until I met you that I really started appreciating them. It, it is. I mean, I, I was lucky enough that my mom got me into it it wasn't just me being like a little weirdo it was my mom saying like hey come here like don't tell your dad but we're gonna watch alien tonight at like six years old <laughs> um you know so my mom always had the same creep factor so 
thankfully to her, she got me obsessed with it. So I want to bring it back a little bit to, you know, what's happening in the general industry. And I, I think it's worth getting into the horror industry more specifically in, later on, because I think, I mean, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. In general terms, you know, yeah. from the moment you started working, what changes have you perceived? Are they at a more production level? Is it more the directors, the writers? Mm-hmm. More specifically to to the creativity and the stories being told? Kind of like leaning yeah. towards how much content is being released, but also how much of it is original, original or okay. sequels and like... As maybe like the first answer is like more like a viewer slash like just someone who's you know, like all of us subscribing constantly and subscribing to a new channel to watch something new that's coming out. The benefit of all this to me is that it creates so much work, which is why we're able to work all the time, 24-7. More directors can work, more writers can work. When there's this much content out there, it's kind of like Instagram where you're allowed to follow what you want to follow that's more personal to you, where you can choose, I mean, truly a selection of entertainment that fits best what you want rather than what everybody's watching. However... With that said, in terms of like original content, I know one of the things you mentioned, like the questionnaire was just like Disney, you know, wanting to push out 200 films, yeah. 200, like um, whatever for their streaming service, which is blowing up. But I think original content's become very hard to find and few and far in between. Something that I have a hard time with is I no longer go to Netflix for my entertainment. I've stopped kind of watching Netflix, just not out of hatred or anything, just slowly out of just like boredom. Mm-hmm. because though though there might be some really compelling stories and I get that's why people want to do television over movies because you can go beyond a three-act structure but I almost would rather watch more movies than all these television shows because I'm becoming more bored and so bored and then everything looks the same Disney you know pushing out so much stuff including you know all the Star Wars stuff that's coming out I think people like or a creature of habit and have a safety and watching something that they're familiar with. Yeah. I also think the majority of people aren't exposed and aren't really film lovers where they yeah. know, have the knowledge or know where to look to find something that's beyond what these massive companies are going to push out. You know, mm-hmm. so you're going to get a hundred teen dramas, but they're all going to be the same drama just with a different cast. And I think if we're going to do that, we got to do one that's rated R. We got to do one that's made out of puppets um yeah i don't know but you know what i mean like you gotta really try to do something different if we're gonna do so much content the other day i was speaking with someone and i they said oh netflix and chill you know to me it's more now netflix and let me stress about what i'm gonna watch yeah you know because it's no longer the feeling of let's go to the movies or you know i know exactly what i'm craving for it's more okay what's what's going to allow me to just yeah and, have and, the time and not only like let me stress what i uh, to see what i'm going to watch but also uh i don't know if that's going to be worth my time absolutely like there's so much that you don't know like what's going to be worth your time and time is like becoming so valuable now even though we have a lot of oh, time. yeah like it seems like all the time in the world yeah i agree and, and I mean, I, I find myself, at least on these like major networks, if I'm if I choose not to watch what I really want to watch, which is like exploitation, B-rated nonsense from the '60s, because at least it's you know I've never seen it. If I ever go on Netflix or Disney or Hulu, I spend way too much time browsing and then choosing never to watch it. You know, my list is so endless, and I'm never gonna watch it because every time I do watch something, I'm so like. 
Like that wasn't worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you get tired of, of it. I get tired of it, so that I go. So I go yeah. to subscription services, which is like when it comes to like more content coming out, I'm more or less against like Disney, Netflix, and going towards companies like Shutter. Mm-hmm. Which again, yes, it's horror, but it's at least promoting and buying into content that's stylized and different and pushing something that's unique, even if it is similar to something we've seen. Yeah, also yeah. you know what you're gonna get in a way. Exactly. Even if you've seen this zombie film a hundred times, there's a chance you're gonna see something different in this other one that you're about to watch in comparison to a Disney kids show, which you know the setup. Same with Star Wars. Yeah, I, I kind of used to feel like that with um, HBO prior to HBO Max. Also, like, how many subscription services can you subscribe to? You know. Well, I mean, at this point, your subscription service costs as much as your rent because you have thirty. Like, yes. you know, and if you want to watch that one film that's like completely different than what everybody else is offering, you have to subscribe. Yeah. Isn't that such an interesting concept? It's it's. Like these streaming services, they rely on one piece of content to move around the business. It's, you know, it's and then with COVID being the way it is, you know, and then the mm-hmm. and then the movie theater industry being decimated under what we're doing. I mean, I I have a hard time renting a twenty dollar movie online when I would rather just pay to see it in a theater. In the theater, yeah, the same amount, yeah. I mean, though I'm, and that's because I'm a film lover, and so are you guys, and you know what you pay for, like. None of our none of our home televisions compare to what the twenty dollars gets you at a theater, and I get we have to do it, but it's like I'd rather just wait. I want to see the effort done right, and by the time you spend twenty one on top of your subscription services to watch that one movie, you're better off just buying it to ship to your house. I, I feel like there's a line, you know, a virtual line nowadays between what is original content, you know, and and what is just the repeat of the repeat of the repeat. I don't know if you can talk to us a little bit more about your perception of that and how do you differentiate between original content and something that it, you know they're just doing because they want to make money. I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you see, I mean, I hate to say, like, I get it when people say things like, you know, Jurassic Park or Jurassic Worlds for the new generation, the new mm-hmm. Star Wars for the new generation, but like, it's the same movie. Yeah, it's like the Disney live action. It's, it's just like, it blows my mind that these remakes are coming out and they're literally just remakes. And, and they're so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, it, I mean, so much so were the Jurassic Park franchise, the Jurassic World literally imitated one, two, and three of the first ones and did it again in these ones. And it's, I mean, it's utter trash yeah. that, they would, that they get away with making this so boring. But, people, but I get it, people watch it, I paid for it. Um, because I like Jurassic Park, but when it comes to original content outside of the stuff that's being rehashed constantly, you know, all the Marvel stuff, all, all the big name budgets that just, I mean, even Aliens coming back out, you know, and, I, and that makes me mm-hmm. nervous. I don't want them to butcher that, but I'm afraid it's going to go down a direction that makes Alien no longer fun. We don't need more of another one, maybe, yeah, it's you like know? Just- exploiting like IP and, and like holding on to that nostalgic element. I mean, they're bringing back stuff like Sex and the City and iCarly and Thank Gossip you. Girl. I saw a Sex and the City teaser, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? And I was yeah, like, and last like week, Samantha's not even in it, right? Or yeah, no, she's not. <laughs> no, and, and last week uh, I was talking to Raquel because we saw that uh, they're doing a, uh, an origin story for Willy Wonka. Totally. I mean, I will be like a little biased. I will watch that. But no, me too, me too. I love it. We will all. I but love, that's the issue. 
no i i, I mean i agree um do, yeah. do we need it or is that the it's like that the original content that we need or do we need to do some do we need to see something different that doesn't have like the name brand of something familiar yeah i think people I, I, are afraid I, to watch something that they aren't familiar with which is why yeah. it's working what is happening if so much content is being replicated and we we done what is happening to writers and young people in the industry that want to push forward news stories. Alfredo, I mean, this applies to you as well. I'm sure like being a filmmaker yourself, I'm a filmmaker, you know, and though I work in the film industry full time and I can analyze these directors and writers that come in that I interact with and watch how they do it or what they're doing or what we're doing per project. Um, for me personally, or whenever I go to a festival and I watch, you know, these horror filmmakers coming up with really unique, bonkers, fun, crazy ideas, new, old, but totally different. I, I wonder why they aren't the ones writing or directing these, or, or not even that, why, why nobody's picking up these, like, why is nobody doing these stories? Why mm -hmm. is everybody afraid to try something truly unique? I mean, I think an example of something outside of horror was, I heard Netflix canceled the Dark Crystal franchise, like what they were rebooting. And I personally think that was Netflix's best investment. Uh, maybe not on like a money-making back return, but I'm mm -hmm. like, we need to see that yeah. yeah, all the time. We need to have that option all the time. I, I love watching like a woman thrive in chess. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I want to be able to go from that to something so unique and stylized that is like true art and we're killing it. We're killing stop motion. You know, puppetry arts is ceasing to exist and all we want is just drama. Yeah. Yeah, all we want is just drama. It's and drama, we, and also, also, I feel like they're also doing that, like what you were saying with TV. Um, for example, like they they did the first season of Big Little Lies, and that was supposed to be it, but it got so much momentum that and, and that second just, season, they yeah, like, they did a second season, and that's what's gonna happen with probably a ton of shows. Like I don't know how the second season was. Like you, you enjoy it because it's drama, but when you're over it, you're like. Didn't need to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like we were. Like I love Meryl Streep. I'll watch whatever you're in, but like, still wasted my time watching it. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if even the performances are great or the writing's decent, the story was still whatever. I didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it feels lazy. It would actually be really interesting to to see these filmmakers that you're talking about tackle these reboots and remakes. To actually like, if we're doing reboots, remakes, and sequels, let these people add add their value to it and and their style and and I, and I think that's and I think that's so vision. important. And I also think what's happening with that, if if they are getting picked up, if it's not their own personal project, which is what they're directing something that maybe they shouldn't direct, because then the studio is in charge. Yeah. So then uh, you know, and I, and I think there's too many people getting jobs, which is huge, but nobody's going in or leaving with their voice yeah. or their yeah, style. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, I mean, yeah, Alfred, you could be a great, whatever genre you are, whatever your style is, but you get, you finally get that job at Netflix to do something that you can't turn down, but it's not you. Yeah. There's no artistic freedom. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Netflix's view and it's what they need to push out. But did you leave with what you want? I don't know. And I, I almost think these people shouldn't be directing or writing these projects that they that these studios want done. I think they need to be doing more movies rather than so many television shows and push out or buy into these really creative, bonkers, fun, mm -hmm. unique stories. And don't be afraid to invest 
low budget, 500,000, a couple million into constant filmmakers doing unique stuff. Let yeah, and I guess something different all yeah, the time. It, and it would be okay, you know, reboots, remakes, Avengers, one, two, three, two, 100. We love that. No, we'll watch it. But we do want some type of balance, you know, in the industry in which, okay, keep doing your billion dollar movies, but also support new content, new creations, new talent as well. And I think, I don't know, I was thinking of, a, of an example for this, that it was not super cliche, like Marvel, which we're all thinking about, or the Disney remakes of The Lion King, Mulan, yeah. everything. And I was thinking about the case of Frankenstein. I mean, there's so many movies made about Frankenstein and the character itself, but I, I do think that's very different from what we're talking about. I don't know if you have any opinions on why, I guess I think, or it, goes, it goes back to, to what we were talking about of all these directors were allowed to bring in yeah. their perspective on, on the story as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think, I mean, let, let's just say, I mean, like the... Um, Coppola Dracula is incredible. It's awesome. It's one of the best, you know, it's one of the few horror films I think that's like gotten a few Oscars. Mm -hmm. um, it's stylized. It's not what I'd ever expect from Coppola. And it's so drastically different from all the other ones going back to, you know, to the first ones. Yeah. And that's because they, studios, not to say studios haven't, you know, had to have their say, but at least directors were able to fight a little bit more. And I think their opinion and, and their style mattered. And I think and I don't think cinema anymore has an opinion. It's just a matter of like, it has to look like this and everything has to look like this. Everything's colored the same, everything's shot the same. You know what Netflix is, no matter what the show is. Mm -hmm. You know what an HBO show is, no matter what the show is. You know, and I think you're absolutely right. These directors or, these, or whomever is in charge of the artistic style, these teams aren't allowed to do what they should be doing, which is if you're gonna remake it, do it differently. Yeah, I hope that happens with Taika Waititi with the the whole Star Wars thing that he's doing. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. I mean, <laughs> I find like the Star Wars universe has become so such a money maker. Yeah, you know, especially with Disney branching over into the Asian market and that determining how much of like what we're seeing done here. You know, like it's 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 almost like too many things are being decided, but it's the art part of it that's at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because also they're they're they have in mind like what can they put in their theme parks too now. That that's exactly what it is. I mean, yeah. Universal too. It's exactly like where is this going to expand and how can we expand on this? Yeah, because I was that. reading. I was telling Alfredo last week that I read the book by Bob Iger, who's now chairman of Disney, and Ex all those decisions Ex of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, but. All those decisions of buying Marvel and buying Lucasfilm and buying, I don't know, Pixar as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand the business side behind it, you know, and I understand why if you buy an intellectual property or, you know, such a strong trademark, you would want to exploit it yeah. to the best of its ability. You know, so I, I feel like even Disney, who used to be or is still this studio full of creativity and you know, the most wonderful stories and narratives, they're no, no longer made with that purpose. They're made I, I, to... I agree. I actually think I recently watched Soul with Luis. Yeah. Uh, because I love Pixar. I actually don't get excited about Disney very often, but I love mm -hmm. Pixar. And Soul, yeah. 
Soul was probably in The Good Dinosaur. We're probably the first times where Netflix, and not Netflix, Pixar kind of let me down. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just felt like something was missing. Why like, is that? I mean, for instance, Wally. I mean, I remember that was, you know, Wally's my favorite Pixar film, period. Mm-hmm. I think it touches on everything that we need to see. It says a lot of stuff that Without goes saying. beyond. You know what I mean? Without saying anything. And it says, and, I, and, it's, and it's impactful on every generation. That's where Disney thrived. Soul strikes just the adults. You know, it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's us having a panic attack about life and death and succeeding. <laughs> and I think a lot of kids can't relate to that. The Good yeah. Dinosaur was, you know, whatever. I think, but, but what I was saying about Wally was that Wally was what, like a 20 year project or was like a passion project that had been fleshed out for years. And, it, and you can tell. And I think when Disney buys into these things, though there might be good stories coming out, even if you love Good Dinosaur or Soul, that's fine. You, they're, they're still good movies. Um, I think they lack that sense of so much thought that went into it or the value of it is somehow dropping where Pixar, the last two Pixar films feel less like unique Pixar's and feel more like a Disney project with Pixar's tag. I personally think at the end of the day, no matter how strong the script could be or the director, how strong the process is, I think it's because they're pushing out so much, the money is becoming a problem. And I think the money is determining the quality of all these things that are coming out. Actually, and I hate to say, I mean, Coco actually was a great Pixar film. I love Coco. I will say that one was like, that one stepped it up for me where I was like, that's how you do it. I haven't watched Coco. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. You must watch that movie. I, I've, I've cried in it every time I've watched it. Yeah. But, but I do feel that that movie is not being as exploited as other movies. You know? I agree. And I, and I think where Coco, at least for me, where I think it, where it's so good is that you have a Mexican like writer and director who's doing it like his full heart's in it and you can tell Mm -hmm. so well thought out and i think that's where it shows where soul doesn't feel quite that way it's it's so grounded where i was like this act of freedom or this like childish wonder is very much gone if you're a young filmmaker right and you're writing and you and you want to direct and produce new stories where do you go like where do you start you know if all these movie studios are only picking up it's funny. I like, I mean, I'm, it's, I don't know the answer. You know, I'm a struggling filmmaker. I work in film. I, you know, make a living, enjoy my life out here. I, I work, you know, 16 hour days, 80 hour weeks on set to use that money to fund my own projects with a group of friends that all, you know, want to do it as well. And I think that's what makes LA so great is that you have people out here that want to do stuff as a group. I think in terms of I don't know how one gets found. I mean, yeah, you do the festival circuit and do your films get picked up in there? And I think, again, it's just because there's so much content, I think it's so much harder to get found. Also so much easier. Um, but I think if you're a first-time filmmaker, at least for me, I mean, I'm making con- I make two short films a year because I just can't stop shooting something. I just feel like I can't not do something. Sometimes they range from a couple thousand, sometimes they range from a thousand dollars and they look great because we all were just like, we have to do it. And I think the most important thing is just like, if you want to be a filmmaker and you have to do something and you have something to say, just make it. Just make it. If you don't make it, nobody's ever yeah. going to make it. You just have to make it. Yeah, that's so true because if it only stays in your mind, like, because there's so much content and it's only like uh, sequels and reboots and remakes that are going to get picked up if you don't make it. 
it's just gonna stay it's just gonna stay in your head i think it's it's so important i mean for me i i've i've known i want to do horror and i have a very and i mean it's not to be like you know cocky or anything it's just like i have a very unique style that i'm learning constantly every project i get better at it at navigating how i want to tell but it's important that i do i am only able to do that because i'm like i have an idea i flesh it out i'm gonna do it you know what I mean? If I didn't do it, I don't know what kind of filmmaker I could be. And I personally want to be, I'm not, exp- I don't ever need, I don't need a major contract. I want people to want to watch my stuff because they know that it's different and that it's unique to me. And that means I die with two features that are so obscure and so ridiculous, but it creates something they, that people love. Yeah, they can become like called classics. You know, I would much rather have that than going to a Disney project. And I think it's so mm-hmm. important for young filmmakers to be, if you want to be this director, just shoot what you want to shoot, do it, make your voice known, study what you do, practice it, and just do it constantly, even if it sucks. That's great. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I, I think nowadays it's so important because as you said, there's so much out there. It's, I think it's overwhelming. Like for- I don't blame people for being nervous. I mean, People are getting more views on stupid shit than they are looking into something that took hours and, and sometimes for, you know, in this case, though we shoot two projects a, a year, it still takes two years to get these things done. I don't blame people for being afraid or they don't know the cost of it, but I, I think just, just do it. If it means shooting it on your iPhone, but you study iPhone films, like you can do it. I guess just to start finalizing, what are your views on where we're going in terms of film industry theaters like in terms of theaters i think the whole hbo max releasing their slate on theaters and on the platform at the same time i think yeah. it's gonna be like a game changer i do too uh, i'm all for the streaming service it's it's like putting something on youtube but it's more like legit where people <laughs> aren't afraid to be like people you know if it has a name like hbo at least people are yeah. like it's good even if it's not yeah um, I, I think it's a great thing. I don't want to see the film industry or the theater industry die. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I know COVID's changed and I don't, and I don't think it, I don't think it will. I mean, we, we will get through this and movies are making more money than they ever have here in California, at least for me. I mean, I had never gone to a drive-in until COVID, you know, and I've been going to a drive-in on a mission Tiki all the time and going to festivals and being like, this is so awesome. This is, I, I wish this didn't disappear, you know, throughout the 80s and 90s or whatever, they started, you know, falling apart. I think the film industry in terms of theaters will like rise up and actually get stronger due to COVID. I think everyone was going to end up leaving in, a, in like swarms to get out. Yeah. Um, but I, can, I still yeah. think having things online in both is a benefit. I mean, I think that's smart regardless. If you can stream, I mean, it's, it's them kind of cutting the middleman of someone like, of like a piracy issue of like filming it and then putting it online. Mm-hmm. You get you give people the option to see it if they want in theaters, or you can see it the right way. That's so true. Um, That's so true. You know, and if you choose to see it in theater, like you're you're gonna enjoy it better. And I think people that see it in theaters will become more inspired. That feeling of a theater is just incredible. Yeah, I think where the theater thing is an issue is these theaters aren't showing the best stories. They're showing what the studios want to do. And those studios are the ones that are controlling what these theaters show and killing mom and pop theaters. I mean, every mm-hmm. year, you know, and COVID's destroyed them. But, you know, dis- if you don't play a Disney film, you're out of, you know, you're out of business. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I hope this yeah. like, brings people into like small businesses as well as small business and theater. And we start 
getting more theaters like the New Bev and mm -hmm. other theaters that are willing to show off other stories that Amazon and you know everybody else is willing to put up with. Yeah, also international films. I think. I mean, ab absolutely. I mean, like, unless you, if you aren't in like a film city or like a major city, international films just don't exist. Yeah. You know, if you're in yeah. middle America, you only see what's being advertised, you know, which is, you're never going to see a movie. God forbid, like you watch Parasite. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're right. I mean, like some which of the Which brings us films. back to what we were talking about, right? The, the, most people, I guess, in the U.S. and everywhere in the world are just watching the marketing films. The majority of people in Asia or Europe or whoever, it's for those people that are not looking for something that's to change their opinion or to push their mind. I think I think just uh, moving forward, something that's going to be really interesting to look out for is like Netflix buying theaters. That's going to be yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard about that. Really being interesting. I mean, like you've been to Los Feliz, yeah. Three and like, does Netflix already own it? I, th I think so. <laughs> I think I think they were they were also well, they were planning on buying the Egyptian. Were they? I mean, it would it would. I think this is like it's it's what studios do best, which is you know throughout time they they buy these they buy and have contracts with studio or with film theaters. Um, I'm not against it. I just it's gonna is it only ever gonna be Netflix content? Yeah. But Amazon, you know, the place that ships my my textbooks is also winning Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like I do think we need to do an episode just about Amazon because that's like, like, an entire month. Yeah. Like, you That's know, an entire monster. become like internationally connected, you know, as we get more into like more advanced with each other, it's just like you're going to end up seeing five major corporations do everything. And that can be very yeah. washer to your favorite movie or music artist. Yeah. I mean, Netflix buying movie theaters is like Amazon taking off the market bookstores and then opening their own. Yeah. Uh, and you they, know, they, to me, it's so ridiculous. They own, they own my organic grocery store. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and they almost bought. And they also win Oscars. AMC. They were gonna buy AMC. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, that's crazy. We're we're seeing these corporations, but again, I mean, you you want these corporations as they get bigger to want to see good stories. I mean, yeah. I think Amazon. Yeah. I think Amazon's gonna try. I mean, I'm not excited about the Lord of the Rings thing, but I know it'll be epic. Um, I is I don't know if it's Amazon or HBO that's doing. It's, it's Amazon. That's doing Fallout. Oh, fall, I don't know, but the Lord of the Rings is Amazon. Yeah, definitely Amazon, because they're super secretive about it. Most expensive show. But again, I mean, it's something we've seen before. Yeah, and I guess to everyone who listens to us, you must be crazy, first of all, but you need to think about how you're spending your time, you know, what really interests you, and just support that. I, you know, I, I agree. Because it's not a it's not a matter of this film's being done or wrong, you know. They're still beautiful and I, the I, aesthetic is amazing, and the amount of work that goes into them is. I don't think we can start thinking about that. I feel like I feel like um, also people right now are saying like, oh, there's like nothing to watch. I'm just gonna watch Love Island and The Bachelor and yeah, exactly like all of those things. And and there is there's a ton of stuff to watch and. Yeah, like Raquel says, like support that so people can like actually bring in more original content. I and I, yeah. I, I actually pulled out some of my favorite like Arrow video films that I was gonna like say I recommend to watch. Um, something that, that I was love gonna be my next question to your recommendations. So I I made an effort this like over quarantine. I was like I need to watch a hundred films I've never seen before, 
And mm. I tried to challenge myself to watch things like dramas and then that fell off pretty quick because I was mm. like, I can't, I can't do it. I got to watch bad movies. Something that I love about bad horror movies or exploitation cinema in particular is like whether or not they're the best movies, they aren't, but they're a lot of fun and they're weird and they're low budget, but somebody tried something. Someone with no money starved to death to make something happen. And they're also a look back I, on like nostalgic times. I think watching a movie from the 70s, though back then it might've been garbage. I think seeing it now in that perspective, it just brings the quality up so much more. Some of my favorite films that I had to buy this year was Hollywood Horror House, incredible. I recently got into Sexploitation, which is like softcore yeah. porn, but it's bizarre and I've just been fascinated by it. Mm. Um, a film called Sex World. Is it great? No, but it's weird and I loved it. This is a franchise that I love to death called Basket Case. And you're buying this on DVD? Absolutely. I, these are movies that, that we're having a moment right now where these movies are having a comeback and they're being mm -hmm. redistributed with, with artwork and they're making a scene where people want to see this stuff. Uh, and I think it's important to buy it and collect it and always say like, this mattered at one point. I agree. I'm also a sucker for DVDs. <laughs> you can't. And um, I, I love that idea of how is, you know, now you're collecting them before yeah. you would use buy them to, to watch them. And now it's now become it's an book. art of itself. Yeah. And then my last one was, I'm, I love slasher films. I could never do a slasher, but I, I, the thrill of it's the best. I saw one, uh, whatever, it's called Edge of the Axe. It is now my favorite slasher I've ever seen. Really? I, I love Jason. I love all of them. This is my favorite one I've ever seen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out because I also love Slasher. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's campy. It's, there's a cool style to it. It's, it's violent. So if you ever get bored, watch these movies. Of course. And I love your exercise of this year. I need to watch 100 new films. You know, I can't even start thinking about 10 new films that I want to watch. You know, so sit down, watch films, even if you think it's not worth your time. I think it is. You know, it expands our views. It teaches us new things. And it's, it's just fun, and you think, know. It's a think, fun and art. Think, and don't be afraid to, like, don't be afraid to, like, leave what everybody else is watching. If something inside of you says, I want to watch a movie about a photographer, deep dive into it. And maybe you stumble on the most obscure French photographer murder movie and then that takes you down a rabbit hole of films you've never like considered experiencing. Yeah, that that's oh. actually so viable, I think, for people to like know because no, yeah, if you don't watch the new Wonder Woman, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but you know, if you're dying to see Wonder Woman, but you don't want to see the new one, take it a step further. I guarantee you, you haven't seen the classic Wonder Woman's. Yeah. And then go back farther than that and see where that takes you. Maybe you find an actor that you like and go to their best movie from the 70s. You know what I mean? And just see where you go. Don't be afraid to watch old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, Adam, thank you so much for us. It was just so important to get the view of someone that is in the industry actively, but also creating new content and doing all the amazing things that you're doing. And honestly, we just wish you the best of luck. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, Please follow me at adam.vandyke. That is my Instagram. Um, my production company is Skoglo Productions on Instagram and YouTube if you want to see some of my older stuff. Um, we have four more projects coming out in the next year and a half.
Thank you so much for tuning into Culture Tasters. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and to follow us on Instagram at Culture Tasters. This podcast is produced by Raquel Srebrenik and me, Alfred Achar. We thank you for your support and see you next time.